Would you open the, uh, your Bible, John chapter 4. I'll be speaking uh, tonight and tomorrow night from the uh, John chapter 4, uh, starting from the uh, verse 4. I think, I think that situation we are right now worldwide because of the COVID pandemic happened, you know, last three years or so. <clears throat> I think church has been rethinking about identity and also the, uh, we are thinking about the mission, how we're going to do it, how we're going to spread good news of Jesus Christ to the rest of the world. Of course, many missiologists, they will analyze the present situation and then come up with the, maybe the few principles. And then they will maybe build the, some of the theories and then present to, to us. It's, 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 sometimes it's very meaningful and you know, useful for us to do the mission. But as the follower of Jesus, disciple of Jesus, I think we need to relearn from Jesus how to do mission. Because he is the reason we do mission, right? So I think we need to go back to what, how he did it, how he approached people and how to talk to the people, how he had the conversation with the people, and then how, they, I mean, how he led them to the salvation. And then this particular passage, John chapter 4, you see the Samaritan woman. She does uh, John didn't write her name. I should say, unfortunately, because it's not very easy, you know. Every time I need to say about her, the Samaritan woman, right? If she has a name like a Rebecca or something, you know, it's easier for me to really preach. But John didn't write her name. So when I get to heaven, I'm going to shout, who is a Samaritan woman, you know? <laughs> Could you introduce yourself to me? Because I did preach many, many times. In year 2023, I did spoke about you in Destiny Church. <laughs> well, anyway, let's get into the word of God. Before we do that, let's, let me pray. Father, we thank you for the wonderful opportunity that you have given to us. Thank you that you loved us and you loved us. You love us. Thank you for your word. So now speak to us. Prepare for us to receive your word. We commit our time in the name of Jesus. Amen. John chapter 4, verse 4. Now he had to go through Samaria. 
In the previous passage, it mentioned Jesus went back to, or tried to went back to go back to the Galilee. He just celebrated the Passover feast in Jerusalem. There was some other way to go to Galilee, but it says here in the, in the Bible, he had to go through Samaria. Samaria, for me, it symbolized the places I don't want to go. Places we, we had no plan to go. For Jesus' disciples, Samaria was not interested I mean, they, they don't want to go there because they have no business there. I think we have a place like Samaria. Your Samaria may be a particular person you don't want to go to talk to. Do you, do you have anybody like that? You don't have to raise your hand, okay? <laughs> I do. I don't want to go to any, you know, few, few persons, especially in Japan, I don't want to go to. <laughs> or any ethnic group, any people who have different ideology, philosophy, worldview, or maybe Samaria symbolizes it. Some generation of the people, especially for the older generation of the people, the person, if you are here, some of, some, I know some of you are here in older generation, you know. Maybe Samaria is a younger generation. But we need to go through Samaria if God sends us there. If God leads us there, globally, we did not plan to go through the COVID pandemic situation. We had no desire of doing so. You may have different opinion on this, but I think God allows us to go through this situation so that we can think our faith in Christ, we can reevaluate how we walk as his church. Going through Samaria is not easy, but rather tough. It requires patience and commitment. I think here I see the very patient and committed people because you are patient with my English. <laughs> I was, I was, uh, I was uh, think, thinking back last night. I uh, went back to the hotel last night and then thinking back, you know, I, my English became so rusty because I didn't have a chance to speak in English for the last three years or so. But the, uh, I know well, since we are in a, in a, I'm in a Pentecostal church, you know, I don't, I, I don't have to worry about this, <laughs> right? 
Yeah, God is going to give you an interpretation of tongues. So, <laughs> so I don't have to worry about this. But anyway, it's tough. You need to be patient in going through the uh, Samaria. But Paul said in Romans chapter 5, starting from the verse 3, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that sufferings produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our heart through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now, I think, I believe, and I'm, I'm sure that the Holy Spirit is working right now, pouring his love into your heart. Just receive it. As you listen to the uh, word of God, he's, he's pouring. He's pouring. And that love will change you, transform you. I think Jesus was preparing for the, uh, his mission to be carried out by the uh, disciples. Because we see in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says like this, you know this particular verse very well, right? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and what? Samaria, yes. So he was preparing the disciples. Of course, that goes, goes in, you know, go, go, go like this, and to the ends of the earth. Let's con continue to read, starting from the, uh, John chapter 4, verse 5. So he came to the town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon when a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. I think this conversation with this Samaritan woman is one of the great examples of the evangelism, evangelistic talks in the Bible. Jesus started from asking, will you give me a drink? Have you have done that before, you know? When you, you, you want to share the gospel to the, some, some, someone, and then you said, will you give me a drink? Have you done that? I've never done that before. But as I look into this, I think we need to be open. We need to be open to our weakness. We need to be open to our need. Here we see Jesus asking for drink. He was tired and thirsty because of his traveling. Maybe some other reason. 
I think traveling with the uh, disciples will be very tiring also. <laughs> because they're fishermen, you know. I don't, I, I don't have any, any, anything against fishermen, but the, uh, I bet, you know, I, I can easily understand Jesus was very tired. But asking for a drink gives me one of the, uh, the principles that is in the Bible, which is eating and drinking are more spiritual than, uh, spiritual than we think. For instance, Luke 10, verse 7, it says, When you enter a town and are welcomed, Eat what is offered to you. And then, very next passage, Jesus instructed disciple, when you enter a town, you are welcome, and then what, you, know, you need to eat what, what, what is offered to you. The previous passage, verse 7, stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. So within the very short passages, he mentioned twice eating and drinking. I like the, uh, you know, the, this uh, atmosphere of, you know, it's all the time, you know, ready to eat and drink. So this is a perfect example of the uh, good biblical, you know, situation. Yeah. So... When you people start eating, you know, tends to have people tends to have opened their heart, easy to talk, you know. So I think this is this is one of the things that we need to really look into it. And also, Paul said, First Corinthians chapter ten, verse thirty-one. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So. While we are eating, we need to do it for the glory of God. As I said, Jesus was opening up his need and also the weakness. He was tired. So we don't have to hide our you know, when we are tired. We need to say it. We need to really express our need. Because it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 and 10, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses. Do you delight in weaknesses? As a Japanese man, you know, I need to be strong. I need to be, what we call it in Japanese, kitchen. Steadfast. Anything happen, I don't move. I don't become panicked, you know. But God said, here, through Paul, I delight in weaknesses. In, and he lists other things. In insults, in hardships, 
in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Let's go back to the, uh, John chapter 4, verse 9. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with the Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you know the gift of God and who, is, who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it, it himself? as did also his sons and his livestock. But this conversation is a bit awkward. It's almost like, a, you know, the Zen dialogue. Um, it's a question and answer type of the dialogue. In Buddhism's settings. Not only the well is deep, she said that, but also the conversation is getting deeper. Maybe we don't understand what's going on here. Oftentimes, we think we need to take control on our evangelistic conversation. But it seems like here, we see in Jesus' conversation with the uh, Samaritan woman, we don't need to do so. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is with us to guide us. Luke chapter 12, verse 12, it says, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time, what you should say. Whenever you have conversation with the non-believer, whenever you have conversation with the person who you wanted to share the gospel, you don't have to take control. You don't have to be in church. Because as we have been listening this morning, because God is in control, because he rules over every single person's life. He knows. So we need to, what we need to do is we need to rely upon the Holy Spirit. You need to listen to his voice. What to say, how to approach. And he will guide you. Acts chapter 2 verse 4. It says like this, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in the other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So, we, if we depend upon the Holy Spirit, 
He's going to enable you to speak to the person. He's going to give you the word, exact word, that we need to say to the person. Let's go back to the John chapter 4. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks the water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus was using some of the prophecy, some of the writing in the Old Testament. One of them is Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1 through 3. It says like this, Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who had no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and you labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in richest of fear. Give ear and come to me. Listen, then you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. May faithful love promise to David. It says God is inviting us. Come, all you are thirsty. You feel like you need this water in your life? Of course, here, this is a mission conference. I don't think any non-believers here. But sometimes we get thirsty because we try to do our own way. Sometimes we don't listen to the Holy Spirit. We do things, you know, we usually do. That happens in the church because I, I know because I've grown up in the church. All the, uh, you know, second generation, third generation, fourth generation, fifth generation of the Christians here, they, you know that. Sometimes things happen just as it is. So you get thirsty about God, real living water. You may experience before, but I think we need it. We need a new experience of living water that will satisfy our soul, that will come out from us, not stays in, you know. If it is a living water, it's not going to stay in you. You want to stop. But still... That is a living water. You cannot stop your, you know, the desire to share the good news. That's that we need new experience of the living water, new filling up of the living water. 
Because we have holes in our life. I do. I asked God to fill me with a new living water. But probably two thousand of the water will go down. <laughs> so I need to ask him, please, please. Because I have weaknesses. I'm not a perfect person. Maybe you, you, know, you, look, you know, look to me like you know, I'm a perfect Japanese gentleman, but I'm not. <laughs> you can ask my wife. <laughs> the reason why I didn't bring my wife is <laughs> I don't want you to ask about that. But next time, definitely, yeah, I will, I will try to bring my wife also. She will love this conference. Anyway, God is inviting us. Come, all you who are thirsty. Come to the waters. In Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 9, it says like this, where the river flows, where the rivers, where this water comes, everything will live. That means if you have living water in you, and your surrounding will live. You give the lives to the person who are beside you. I know, unfortunately, I know some Christians, maybe pastors. If you sit beside you, you know, that person sit beside you, it feels like they are drawing the uh, life out of me. Try to get, you know, not giving, but try to receive everything what I have. But you don't have to be like that because God is going to give you this living water. So we need to ask for it. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2 and 3. You know, this is the uh, Abraham. Uh, uh, the prophecy given to, promise given to the Abraham. Um, the theologian said this is the Abrahamic covenant. It says, I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So if, the, if you have in you living water, that this promise will be manifested through your life, through your ministry. John chapter 7, verse 37 through 39. Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, you may be sleepy by now, so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give you a loud voice. I'm, uh, I study church music, and uh, my major was a vocal performance. So I can give you quite a loud voice. So be prepared, okay? Okay? Let anyone... No, 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 no. He didn't say like that. He said, let anyone... Who is thirsty? 
Come to me and drink. Jesus is saying to you tonight. Because you need it. Because Jesus is sending you to the world. You need it. Jesus says, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. And continue, he said, whoever believes in me, as scriptures has said, rivers of living water will flow within them. And John explained, by this he meant the spirit who those who believe in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit has not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Now, we have Holy Spirit. Tonight, are you ready to receive the, uh, this living, living water? Yes. Would the uh, uh, worship team come up <clears throat> and prepare for the uh, ministry time? Well, really wanna, I want to receive this living water again and again. Tonight, let's receive it. Tonight, let's, he's going to fill you up. And that living water will come up from you. And then that water will go through, go, go through your life, through, through your ministry, and then give lives to a person you are ministering to. God is going to pour this living water again and again to you. Amen.